good evening, everybody. It's like a show before show. Good evening. I uh, hope you all doing well out there. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the film industry. We're going to be having a... Um, George and I talk a lot about stuff like this, and it's usually after the, a show that we've done or before a show or in the middle of the show or whatever. But we actually have a lot to offer in this area because we're passionate about films and art, and we want to share the, those uh, views with you. And we want to thank you for being here today. So just hang tight. We'll be right back. All righty. Well, thank you very much for listening to our little jam there and dancing. Hopefully, you guys were doing the the hokey pokey and turning yourselves around. <laughs> um, so, George, um, we're going to first do some um, work. We have to kind of give a sponsor some love. And then we're going to do a tribute to a, a couple of great actors and um Let's let's start with the with, with our sponsors. Okie doke. So counterparts show it is brought to you by Wellness Resources, a family-owned and operated nutritional supplement company providing the highest quality clinically formulated supplements since 1985. Find out why Wellness Resources is the top choice of health conscious individuals around the world. Go to myvitaminresource.com and if you enter the promo code counterparts you will get free shipping on any size order cool thank you uh, we had a graphic that we would show here and it's it's gone now so that's weird the magic of live technology. television technology no i don't know i think i think i might have accidentally deleted it but anyway i apologize for that but yes um Thank you, George. All right. So uh, we lost two greats uh, recently. Uh, Want to talk a little bit and just give a, a, a quick tribute to them um, and to their work. Um, first, we're going to talk about this gentleman, David Warner, who we actually talked about uh, on our show when we started this whole uh, counterparts show. Yep. We started, I don't know if anybody's been around, you know, with us since the beginning, but yeah. we started really focusing a lot on Star Trek and kind of comparing Star Trek to life. And that was sort of like the uh, the the start of, uh, <clears throat> as my voice changes, that was the start of our show, Counterparts. And right. um, he was in one of the, the one of the best episodes, if not the best episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. And uh, George, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I mean, it's one of my favorite, probably my top three favorites of Star Trek: The Next Generation, and and basically just the, the quick premise of the show of that episode is that he plays a Cardassian who captures uh, Jean Luc Picard and tortures him, and you know, I mean, it, and it's it's amazing because you really the interplay between both actors is just so many because they're both trained. Shakespearean actors and you you find yourself so immersed in the scene where he's torturing him and he's and he's got you know he's got I think it's four lights behind him and he's trying to 
get Jean-Luc Picard to um, to admit that he's seeing five lights and not four lights and basically trying to bend him to his will break Jean-Luc uh, break him basically and Jean-Luc refuses to do so yeah. and it is just it's it was one of the pivotal parts what a pivotal uh shows what I watched as far as next generation where I really fell in love with the actor David Warner I mean I had seen him he's also been in Star Trek and other and other uh he played a Klingon and he played a, a, a Federation citizen and some of the other Not movies yeah, but he um, and he's played many, many characters just, yeah, yeah. you know, in his in his career. But that was one of the f first places where I just fell in love with him as an actor because he was so convincing. Yeah. And so yeah. great. So, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, he was so, absolutely fantastic. So definitely safe travels, uh, yes. David Warner, and uh, we will uh, appreciate your work um, moving forward. And um, my... One of my favorite films of all time, as you know, and I've talked about it here. I did a whole show on it actually back in yeah. the back in the days. Um, it's Goodfellas. It's it's yeah. one of the films that I've always uh, felt that was shot with such. It was so smooth. It was sort of like watching, um, you know, it's, it's watching a film that you there's there isn't a part that you fast forward on. You know, right. sometimes you see a film that you really like a lot of scenes, but you fast forward during some parts or whatever, but it's one of those films that to me is like the perfect film. And I just love, love that film. So I just want to actually quickly um, acknowledge a few people that came on here and then we're going to, but this is a uh, Jabari Melakan Melan Khan. Thank you. He says, you and um, what's, up, Jabari? what's up. And here's Rick. Who says uh, a new formula to make movies taking the Hollywood politics out of movie making and changes? Yep, yep, I agree, Rick. Thank you very much for your comment. So, Goodfellas, an incredible film, an incredible mm -hmm. cast, an incredible director, an incredible script from an incredible book. Um, and uh, we're gonna just say um, goodbye to Paul Servino, who passed away yesterday, actually. Mm -hmm. And one of these, he, man, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen the, these scenes with him. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with the film, if you've yeah. seen it, but there's the, the scene when Henry Hill comes to him after he's kind of like fellow, he knows he's on drugs. Paul, he knows he's on drugs. He knows he's, and he just hands him like three $3,000 or something. Right. His eyes, man, like you're done. I'm done with you. You're dead to me. Right. I treated you like a son, and this is what you did did to me, and um, was just so incredible. And his whole performance in that film was great. And of course, he's a, 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 a an accomplished actor who's done tremendous work throughout throughout the. And George, you said you had a, a well, yeah, just just really quick. My uh, so my mom actually was able uh, got a chance to meet him. Uh, my my mom and and stepdad. This was years ago. This had to be probably over 20 years ago they were at a and i don't remember there was some gathering that they were at and uh there was two actors there uh, he was one of them and jack scalia who's another actor was there as well they got to hang out but my mom really always liked him as well and she got to meet him at one point and she said he was the nicest guy yeah the sweetest, I've, heard he, I've heard that too yeah. yeah the sweetest guy uh i think she got a picture with him and i think they even sat at a table and they told jokes and they just she said it was he was yeah. fantastic. So and, and you you know you love to hear that, especially yeah. with these uh, 
these accomplished actors who you admire so much that at the same time on the outside they're just a sweet legend you know? yeah absolutely yeah, when you hit legendary status yeah. you know you you think maybe there's a change in the person yeah, yeah. or there's a a divaness uh, right. whatever the male divaness is right um <clears throat> but you know it's not it's you know when you see when you hear stories like that and i've heard a lot of stories of you know these some of these legends and they're just really great people you know yeah, and, and paul was definitely one of them so safe travels sir thank you for all your work and uh, thank you to uh, everyone uh for watching um his work as well it's was fantastic so and today we're going to be talking about films. We're going to be talking about the film industry and we're going to be diving into obviously a lot of this is going to be some of it will be facts because we're just going to pull stuff off the internet, you know, stuff that we've uh, researched and that everybody can just go research on their own. And then there's going to be stuff that's of course our opinion, right? right. Our views. This is a show for entertainment. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I had to say it like that. <laughs> this is an <laughs> That's how our opening is, right? Yeah. So, um, but one of the things that we talked about, um, we've we've covered a little bit actually, George, you and I, was the fact that a lot of these movie studios have these heads of movie studios, and they tend to kind of bounce around a little bit. They tend to go from one studio to the next studio, and and I think this is something that's been going on for a long time. It's not mm -hmm. like a new phenomenon. I think. Since the film industry started, we're looking at like the 20s and 30s and 40s really is when probably the, the mid 30s when things really started revving up because people started realizing, oh, we can make a lot of money, mm -hmm. you know, like with Charlie Chaplin and, and right. Buster Keaton and, and those guys, they people realize, oh, people do want to go see these films, you know, exactly. and came out and all that happened and and then then a machine was built mm -hmm. you know early on and we're going to talk about the early days and stuff but it it's probably been going on a little bit um like that for quite some time as far as the studios are concerned and something that was said here on the um the new york the the new york times described the shuffle as the latest continuation of a long time game of rearranging executive deck chairs only leaving out the phrase on the titanic now of course they're being facetious they're saying basically that it's sort of a sinking ship right and um now is hollywood a sinking ship are the studios are sinking ships i don't think so i think there's a shift happening i think that you know you can only go so long creating a certain narrative you know that goes mm -hmm. into um, one direction with huge explosions and a lot of special effects and all that stuff. Because what happens is people then get destimulated, right? Mm -hmm. They right. suddenly, now you're watching. I mean, remember when we first saw Star Wars, mm -hmm. right? Oh, right? Oh my God, all the Star Trek movies. Right. It was a marvel. It was unbelievable. We couldn't, right. you know what I mean? Go back now and watch Star Trek or show Star Wars to a to a 10-year-old who just got through watching one of the, you know, the Marvel series, right? right, right. You know, it, it, it's just a lot, you know, there's yeah. a lot of money has been invested in, in showing the graphic. Now I am guilty of loving Marvel. <laughs> I have, my son is going to be six years old in a, in a couple of months and he loves Marvel. And so do I. 
So I, you know, we've watched all of them and, and they're great entertainment. But let me ask you a question while you're on that. What is it about Marvel movies that you love? I like the costumes. No, I, I like the, <laughs> I, I like the way that they, they wovened the stories together. Right. <laughs> they weavened. The the, like the Marvel Universe type the thing. The Marvel Universe. You know what I mean? Like, you can't watch Marvel. Like, see, somebody told me this the other day. They watched it and they were lost because they didn't know something. I was like, well, there's actually, if you go online, you can type in how to watch the Marvel series. Okay. You know, all the way from, even if the film was made afterwards, you still right. want to watch it before. You know, right. like, right. Um, you know, like the first Marvel superhero that landed on Earth. Is is not Tony Stark because Tony Stark right. is from Earth, right, right. but it's um, Captain Marvel, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, supposedly 1995. She crashed into a blockbuster. So there's this kind of a, a, a series and this kind of sequence that you can follow along, like a soap opera. You know, it took you on a journey of these characters, and mm -hmm. were there was there silliness to them? Of course. You know, were the effects amazing? Yes, they were. Most of them, I, I don't recall one being really terrible you know they got better as they went along obviously um but when you look at that first iron man film that's a pretty good that's pretty good film that's pretty good right. effects and everything you know what i mean right. for it to be the first iron man uh, and then it just got better from there but that's what i enjoy about it you know it is people always talk about the story is always important the story the stories are well, it is a story and then the story always got me you know and and you have this evil character um spoiler alert anybody <laughs> wait i haven't seen all the there's a bad guy <laughs> films. but you know if you 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 know if you look at thanos and you look at what his purpose is to kind of you know shrinking to bring down the universe or, or to 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 make less people right. you know what i mean that's kind of like a lot of things that people talk about maybe the conspiracy people talk about that you know what i mean um how is he gonna do that well he's got He's going to get all these rings and he's going to snap his finger and then half the planet disappears or half the universe, whatever, you know. So there's this kind of thing that we can relate to a lot of it, you know, um, with what's happening and stuff. And when you watch them, you can see the narrative being directed towards certain things that are happening. Even people mm -hmm. saying things, fighting their, you know, trying to team up with the government, but the government wants the one thing and the government wants to use the 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 avengers against other countries right you know and they want to take their power you can't just have all that power you right. got to give it to us or you got to sign it off and you know there that that became a little bit of a struggle so it was very fascinating to see that development in the marvel universe so so you have that you know but at when i remember watching the end game right mm -hmm. um and i remember watching it and thinking to myself what can they possibly do Right. This was like epic, right. right? This was every single character that was brought in, even for a little second, they were all there, you know. And uh, and at the end, you know, it's like, okay, what's next, you know? And they did manage to kind of continue with 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 the storyline, but it really, um, for me, it's still always going to be story. Yes. Now, did that answer your question? Yes, it did. Thank you. I feel like you were trying to like. No, 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 no. I just, I wanted to, I, no, 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 no. Well, I wanted to. Why is it about Marvel? I'm just, I was, I was just curious. Like I know, the, uh, you know, obviously a kid's attraction to Marvel and all those types of things. Yeah. But I was just I mean, definitely it's yourself. kids. 
it is kids. And you know, mm-hmm. there's that whole thing with Scorsese who said it's not really cinema, right? It's it's entertainment. And yes. then he got a big flag for that, right? And everybody was like, think, you know, I mean, the difference is that there's a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Those are movies, and then Scorsese is making films that are paintings, and you know, he's very, you know, he's very it's story driven, but it's also very character driven. Yes. You know, it's very cinematic. Right. You know what I mean? And it's there's just so many ways that you can catch Iron Man going. <sighs> right. You know what I mean? It's like exactly. that's it. You know, the Thor right. with his hammer There's just so much stuff you can catch with that. You you can't be too. You have to show widescreen. You got to be on green. There's got to be green screen everywhere. You, these guys yeah. got to jump around. They got to be tied up to stuff. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. So it's it's almost like a different genre. I mean, not almost. It is a different genre, but it's almost like you can't really even compare them. True. You know, I mean, you can't true, say true. Goodfellas versus Iron Man. Iron Man. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? It's like, which right. one do you like more? You like right. Goodfellas, or you know what I mean? It's like you can't do that. So, but again, it, this is not a new thing, right? You can say, do you like Citizen Kane, or do you like, you know, um, Star Wars? Right. Well, those came out not that far from each other. I, mean, I guess thirty years from each other, but <laughs> still, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. get a, cl- a a film from like get an Elvis film, you know, like, you know, anything from Elvis, right? Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. Films, you know, Blue Hawaii or whatever. Well, look uh, at, look at, look at Godfather time. versus Star Wars. They were around the same time. Around the same time. Two completely different films. Right. You know what I mean? And both, I think, had, they were nominated at that, yeah. you know, for, for stuff. So, and, and Star Wars and, you know, um, Godfather was a true story. It was a, a book written by someone right. and so was Star Wars. It was right. a true story written by, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and the people at home are like, yeah. Let's wait, wait a minute. It's not true. It is true. So I think that that when you're when you're talking about studios, you know, what's the purpose of a of a big giant movie studio? It's to make movies mm-hmm. people watch. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's get butts and seats. That's it. That's yeah. it. They have to pay the bills. They got a lot of in. You know, they got a high overhead. You know that those. Uh, go ahead. No, but yeah, yeah, it's true. But again, you're you're you have to factor in the audience, right? You have to factor in the time of the audience, right? Now, just like you said, if you take Star Wars today, um, and you bring it to, I mean, if you take Star Wars, however long it was, forty something years ago, and you bring it today, would it be what it was? No, it wouldn't. Uh, I, I mean, mean it might still be a good film, but it's right. not going to compare to these films at a day because there there's there's some parts of star wars that are still even even at how we love that movie that are still too slow for people of today's age correct they correct. you know to me and from just what, what and I'm, again i'm a lay person in this you're the you're more of the expert in this than i am but just as a fan of movies and stuff you know they're catering to that right they they're looking at this young generation that wants everything so fast and quick and boom and or or mm-hmm. are they purposely creating that speed? You Meaning. know, are, are they are they catering to it because they think that that's what they all want? See, because you have to understand the power behind a movie studio, right? Mm-hmm. They have the power to uh, influence a culture, right? Right. So right. when Star Wars came out, 
everyone wanted to be Luke Skywalker. Everybody right. wanted to be Han Solo. Everybody was dressing up. And so they influenced right. that, right? Star Wars and Star Trek, right, were influenced. Well, Star, I mean, there's arguments on that. So I'm not even going to go into, <laughs> into Star Wars and Star Trek. <laughs> Let's not go there, people. But those franchises influenced each other, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And from that came Battlestar Galactica and right. other TV shows that were have, having to do with space. Originally, you can go back to Lost in Space, right. which was in the 50s or the 60s, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. That might have influenced, that might have, I'm sure it did influence to some degree, right? right. So these films do influence. The, the thing about it is that you have to go back to like who was the original, where was the original thought come from? Where the original idea? Original ideas are what's lacking in Hollywood. True. That's Very true. why we have so many Very remakes. True. They're revamping this. They're right. revamping that. They're bringing back. I mean, Eddie Murphy, who I love, came back with, you know, uh, Coming to America 2, right. which I watched. And I loved it. It was right. great. It was funny. Um, he's coming up with another Beverly Hills Cop. Mm -hmm. He's coming back with another. Uh, I, I heard. I don't know if this is true, but I heard like a Trading Places. Wow possibly coming back with Dan Aykroyd and stuff. Mm -hmm. Was it Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, it was Dan Aykroyd, yeah. So Hollywood is starving for original ideas. And the yes. reason, and this is just my opinion, is that the studio heads are under such pressure, and I don't even blame them. They're under such pressure to keep their jobs because they're this is huge machine that has to get fed. That right. if you know for a fact that this Marvel film, Thor, the one that just came out, Thor uh, goes to Hollywood. Whatever, uh, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Thor, Thor on ice. You know, whatever <laughs> whatever it is, that if they know that that's going to make a billion dollars, you know what I mean? Because it's Thor and it's a Marvel film, they're going to actually fund it. They're going to push a lot of money for it. Now, it's Marvel, right? Marvel is its own kind of thing. But... If another film like, let's say, uh, Maverick comes yeah. out, now they've been waiting 36 years to make Maverick, right. Top Gun, right? So right. anticipation for that is like humongous. So now it's right. number one, you know, it's almost at seven, <laughs> it's almost like at $700 billion and I may, or maybe 700 million. I don't know. So no, I think it's in the billions. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot of money. It's not in mm. the billions, but it'll get to the billions, you know what right. I mean? Um, and so, so you, that's where I think that that these movie studio heads are really struggling with. You know, I mean, it's with the idea that if this next film that I put out doesn't do it, I'm losing my job because I'm the head. I'm the one that's approving these things. I'm signing these checks. I'm, I'm you know, partnering up with these people. Now, of course, there may be other entities involved in that. Like if, if I have a script and this is a good script and I want to make it, it's going to cost me $50 million to make this script. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, who's in it? Joe Schmo. We're not making it. Right. Get me Denzel. Get right. me Tom Cruise. Right. Sure. Get me Brad Pitt. Sure. If you get one of those guys, this is going to be made. Now, right. you know what I mean? So there, there's that argument and there's that conversation, which I'm sure takes place all the time. Sometimes a film gets made solely on the fact that some some famous actor agreed to make the film. Right. You know, the film comes out and doesn't do well. You know, Ishtar comes to mind. <laughs> so you had Dustin Hoffman yeah. and Warren Beatty. 
right. two of the biggest stars of all time come together to make a film and you think whoa this is going to be a huge smash hit but the script was so weak you know and the writing was wasn't you know there was a lot of problems with it right. it just didn't work you know what i mean sometimes you'll have a bad screenplay that you know there's a lot of different elements in the film industry right i mean there's right. uh, there's so many pieces it's not like when you and i played music yeah. where we were in a band there was five of us mm. right two of us generally wrote the songs right <laughs> and then the other then you would put a lot of the arrangements in right. and then we would put the songs together and then and there it is it's five guys and we yeah. the song you know what i mean um when you're dealing with a film you could have a thousand people you'll see the credits at the end of the film yeah right? it, yeah exactly they're all exactly. involved in that you know so there's a lot a lot at stake when somebody puts something out and you know, they put all their money into it. I mean, what was the film that just recently, um, anyway, you going to say something? No, I was just going to say, I mean, and I agree, and I agree with that completely because I mean, I see it, right. You know, you, every, my wife and I have talked about this a lot. My wife loves to watch movies and stuff like that. And even she gets frustrated because she's like, okay, there's another remake. There's another this. And there's, an, you know, the same things you're seeing, right? It's a remake of a, of a of something. And some, they'll do a remake of a remake at this point. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. it's, oh, yeah. how many times that. have they done that, right? Oh, yeah. But then you, then in that case, are you creating, so what happens now? Do you, you're creating a generation of film watchers, especially the younger generation, not the older folks like myself or yourself, but youngers that become dependent, so dependent on those films that wouldn't you think that they're hurting themselves, whereas they can't make any other film except that? Meaning, right. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. and now, now streaming has taken over a lot of that, right? Because right. Yeah, we, I mean, we can... Television, yeah. Netflix, and all these things have taken over because, my, you know, and I, I talked, we talked about this with Rick Dugdale on the show. My daughter now is, you know, she's 15 years old. She, Marvel is, is blah to her now. Right. We watch, you know, I watched the first Avengers. We were excited about the first Avengers because it was the first one, right? She yeah. saw the other ones, but now it's not like it's whatever. She would rather sit and, you know, watch a Netflix show that's a little more of like a soap opera. Right. She would like to watch a or that has the teens or that has the, you know, or love story or the wolves or whatever, you know, those types yeah. of things. But yeah. that's more for fascination now. Because she's yeah, kind I mean, of done with the Marvel stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no question that you know, Netflix, when Netflix announced, and I remember it so clearly, that they were going to go into the original content. Right. I was like, original content? What does that mean? How what does that we're going to make our own and think you're just going to just say you're going to do it. And I was like, why not? And I mm. thought, wow. And then Amazon originals and then Hulu came out. And then I, I remember thinking, well, this is either going to go extremely well, right. You know, or they're just going to put out what had been on television at that point, which was reality shows yeah. because reality shows are very cheap to make, yep. very cheap to put together. Um, and, you know, low cost, mm -hmm. high viewership. Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's it. That's it. But no, no substance at all, you know? True. And what Netflix did, which I think Netflix, the Netflix has made a lot of mistakes. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. Netflix mm -hmm. is, as I've, I've, I've been upset with them. I've been happy with them recently. I'm, I'm a little bit more happy because they're allowing more, uh, 
people, you know, freedom of speech and, and letting the, the shows actually play right. um, as opposed to censoring everyone. But we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But um, I, I think that what they did is they opened the door to the possibility that you can make just as good a quality TV shows. You know, and I think maybe HBO probably opened that door originally. Yes. Um, first, with um, what was the uh, Steve Buscemi? Um, oh, uh, Boardwalk uh, Empire. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes, Boardwalk that. Empire was phenomenal. Now, right, of course, right, right. Scorsese. It was a million dollars per episode, mm -hmm. which was like, kind of unheard of. Um, it was very expensive to shoot, but it opened the door to the possibility that you know what we might be able to make really good stuff. Not only that, technology. Now, we can stream now much yes. faster. Right. We can shoot much cheaper. Digital film, uh, digital, not even film, is digital. Um, you can get away with shooting things digital and have it look really good, right. you know, as opposed to 15 years ago where a digital, you can say, okay, that's a digital film. You know Exactly. I mean? um, and Rachel says... Uh, we want beat movies. Upbeat, upbeat movies. Upbeat. Oh, I, I, I don't know why I missed the up. Well, I'm sorry, uh, Rachel. We want upbeat movies. That's right. That's absolutely correct. You know, and and one of the things that that I was happy about was that when you go to Netflix, there's a lot of stuff on Netflix, right? I mean, there's a ton of stuff, <laughs> yeah. but a lot of the the shows are entertaining shows. Mm -hmm. They were they're they're also shot really well. Yeah, they're also written extremely well. Yes, you know yes. it's it's sort of like like they've sort of figured out a recipe of something, you know, right. and then that kind of like screwed Hollywood up a little bit because now you have to not only do you have to get dressed, you got to get in your car, you got to drive, you got to pay twenty whatever it is a, a ticket is now, which I think you you go to the movies for four. It's going to cost you over a hundred dollars. Yes, and if you get a all the, the snacks and everything, you're, you're yeah. in for one fifty yeah. for the night. Yeah, right. Where you can stay at home, order in, right. and have your family around a t you know a nice size screen TV and watch a film or watch a show on Netflix, and it's very damaging to the to Hollywood. So there's another pressure that these studios have. On why do you think they're remaking it? I'm surprised that they haven't remade, and and I don't want to give them any ideas, but um, Gilligan's Island yeah. and um, the Greatest American Hero. Don't think that those probably have not been on the table because I'm, I'm pretty sure the they have. And I'm one, they haven't done it. But one thing that that on this on looking at theater, going to the theater, is that that Netflix will never replace the experience of going to the theater. They, it, it never will. But right. what history has shown is that people adjust, you know, 30, uh, not even 30. Let's just say when did Amazon start charging for stuff? Let's say, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, whenever, whenever Amazon started, people were like, I'm not putting my credit card in that computer. Are you crazy? Our, our credit card right now, our, with all our money, is everywhere. And, yeah. you know, and it's, it's protected to a certain degree, I understand, but people will slowly uh, get accustomed. You know, there will be um, what's what's the word you call? They get um, they get acclimated, acclimated, and there's another one, another word. They they uh, indoctrinated into the system right. that they want you to be in. You know, Netflix is something that you have to do at home. 
Yeah, but don't. Okay, you true, and I, and I completely agree that they changed the landscape as far as that goes. Right. But like for example, for me, you know, I, you guys know I'm a huge Star Trek fan. The next Star Trek movie comes out on in the theater. I'm not waiting for it to come out on, you know, Blu-ray or on on Netflix or on whatever. I'm going to the theater because there's an experience there that I can that 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 you can't get at home right in the theater with with a hundred people in the theater theater. yeah right you know what i'm saying and and it's an experience that big that big boot now i don't go i hardly go to the theater anymore i have i can't tell you the last time i went to a movie theater but i'm the type of person that it's a it has to be a movie like that that drives me to go to the theater otherwise i really don't care but i will go to see that because of that experience and because it's on the big screen and because you're immersed into it you know so there's always that little piece and that's, that's never going to go away because right, exactly you know you have to let me just uh, uh what peter says here he says when times are bad movies get lighthearted in good times audiences want <laughs> want dark. dark um that's why they do last minute reshoots for the most part also there are international audiences and censorship censorship to consider censorship censorship to consider so yeah that is true and you know I, I don't know where we I mean, right now, I guess we're in a, a harder times, I think, you know, yeah. because we have a lot of lighter movies um, coming out. Um, but I think people like Rachel said earlier, I think people do want upbeat movies. You know, I think I think us, you know, just as beings, as spiritual beings of creativity and want to actually explore. Yes, there are there are um, you, you can't have a film without a conflict. You right. can't have a film without a problem. Right. You have to have something. You have to have somebody trying to kill you, or you have to have some something trying to stop you from reaching some end goal, right? Right, right, right? And that that challenge has to always be there. You know what I mean? But I think that how to get there, um, and how the ending, how it actually resolves itself. I think people want a good. They want to leave there going, "Wow, that was that was scary. I didn't think they were going to make it out." You know, right? And and then finally, they they made it out. You know, right. uh, and I think that that's something that's always going to be there. The big screen, to your point, I think that definitely that's never going away because, right. and as a matter of fact, I heard, um, and I don't know if anybody's on that can actually verify this, but there are um, uh, theaters being purchased. I can't remember what organization, but they're buying theaters now, big movie screen theaters again to fill them up again, you know, to, to go. So I don't remember what organization it was, mm-hmm. but that this is happening again. The, the brick and mortar spaces are kind of coming back again yeah. when it mm-hmm. comes to film. Right. The small movie houses are always quaint. People always like those. Um, and the, the, the big giant, what's the, the, the IMAX things IMAX, are yeah. great mm-hmm. for like, yeah. for like the, that experience, you know what I mean? But those are expensive. So yeah, the reason that they're so expensive and the reason why it's so expensive to make a film is because you have to get a lot of people in those seats to pay for that thing. Sure. You know what sure. I mean? If you're charging 50 bucks to sit in the chair to watch a, f- a film, then you better make that film really, really good. You know, I ain't right. going there to watch Porky's 2. You know, <laughs> What's wrong not, with Porky's 2? Well, 3D. in IMAX, I saw it twice in IMAX, <laughs> and I tell you, the second time was not as good. <laughs> but I will say this that if Netflix, if Amazon Prime, Hulu, or any of these organizations decide to go into the big movie business, 
into making actual theater. And then, then we're going to see some real good competition because yes. I feel like Netflix has a good, even though, like I said, again, they've made a lot of mistakes. Mm. I've canceled them and <laughs> canceled them and got them back two or three times in the last whatever, 10 years. Um, but I think that they understand storytelling. Right. And the reason is because they have more time. You know, if you have six episodes to tell a story, that's a luxury. Right. You know what I mean? When you're trying to get a film, I mean, how long is Maverick? You know, two over two hours. Um, how long? I mean, The Irishman was a Netflix <laughs> film. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, I think yeah. it opened first in theaters, but right. for like two weeks or something. And then it went right to Netflix. Right. It's over three hours long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's brilliant because it, keeps you into this story and you they have yeah. more time to explore the character and stuff like that whereas a lot of these remakes how can you explore these remakes you know what i mean it's like well we already know going in what's happening with superman right. we know what's happening with batman yeah. i know what's happening with with the marvel characters i know thor is gonna fight i know he's gonna do this at one point <laughs> i also know he's gonna go like this and the hammer's gonna go Pfft. you know what i mean i know these things are gonna happen i'm expecting them i'm not gonna be surprised I'll be entertained. Right. I'll be like, oh, that was pretty cool. Oh, that was cool. Oh, that was funny. Right. Because then now they, they've added a little humor into it. Um, but we were talking about something that reminded me of, um, was it the Yahoo article? Let me see. Was this the Yahoo article? Uh, what's happening is the biggest reset in Hollywood economics in the last 70 years. Okay. So that's basically what's happening. Since television arrived, the courts broke up with vertically integrated studio systems. So, they broke up the studio system, you know, and mm -hmm. now we have television creating content that's equally as quality as big feature films. Right. You know, and because of that, I think it's become really a challenging thing for the studios. And I'm not like defending the studios. I, I kind of defend them in a the sense that they're so freaking big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about how it was to where it is, to where it's going. That's going to be a little segment that we're going to be doing. Um, but the studios have just are just massive. You know what I mean? And and when we watch a film that came out and we see it and everyone for that one film, there's 50, 60, 100 other films that are also out True. that we probably didn't see that were in smaller theaters that had right. smaller releases right. overseas. Over, you know, there's a big member. We have a planet here, you know, and there's a lot of theaters everywhere. So a lot of times when you go to these uh, uh, film festivals, if you have a feature film in a film festival, it's a lot of F's in that sentence. If you have a feature film in a film festival, you're um, trying to go there to try to sell your film. Yeah. So you may sell your film to a Korean market. Yeah. You know, and they'll, yeah. they'll subtitle it or you have to deliver it subtitled. And they'll they'll pay you and they'll sell you know you'll sell it to Russia you'll sell it to whoever wants to buy the film you know and they mm -hmm. and then these other entities in these countries go to these festivals to buy films so they can mm -hmm. bring them back to their studios and to and back to their theaters to fill up their theaters and make money right you know what I mean so the the business these studios run a massive massive enterprise here it's not just you know, because I, I hear people, oh, the big studios, you know, and there is that, you know, but there's also the fact that they are drowning in trying to just keep 
and stay afloat because at yeah. any one crash, this one that just crashed recently, what, what was the film that just came out that like tanked the, um, the um, Toy Story, the, the, oh, robot. the, um, yeah, actually the, the light year thing, the light year thing, it tanked. But, but did you say, okay, but did you, I mean, again, I, I, what did they do with that character? Right. Like they didn't have Tim Allen. That was one. That's number one, but they wanted to make, they wanted to make that character the next, you know, Marvel character. Basically. They thought that that was going to be a, that was going to, well, you know, we have Marvel Marvel's being successful. Let's take Buzz. I mean, Lightyear and make him like a superhero. You mean Disney or, or Pixar? Yeah. Well, whatever. right. But yeah. let's make him let's make him like a, a, a superhero. Let's make him, you know, whatever, you know, like Batman. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't well, know. I mean, look, they had a they have they have a good franchise, right? There were four Toy Stories. They were all entertaining. Um, I, you know, I, we watched all of them with the kids. Right. Um, the Buzz Lightyear character I thought was hilarious, but it was hilarious because Tim Allen was voicing it. Yes, that's my opinion. Tim Allen's got a funny voice, and when he did that, you know, for those four films, alongside Tom Hanks's character, right, it really worked, you know. And from what I've heard, and I haven't seen the film, so I can't really judge it, but from what I've heard from people who have seen it, was that it just didn't work anymore. It wasn't the same chemistry that he had. He was. It was a different storyline, which I got. Uh, and I know that there was some woke stuff that people actually were like, of course. you know, like, oh, you're really in this. Now you're going to bring that. You know, I get that yeah. part as well. But the overall thing, I think it just did not work, you know, because I think you changed the idea. You know, you had these kids grow up watching Toy Story, hearing Tim Allen do this voice for, I mean, how long? 15 years, 20 years? I don't remember when the first Toy Story came out, but it was a long time ago. So these kids that are now in their 20s, right. have, they probably have kids of their own bringing their kids to see it. But their kids have watched all of them. You know, now they're all excited. Little Buzzy is coming out. And then Buzzy comes out and is like. But from what, I, from what I understand, now Tim Allen doing, the, doing that character is, is always going to appeal to kids. Because he, even in his delivery. That's the, he's that's he's point. going to appeal to the kid now when you but yeah you put somebody different in there but it's not just putting somebody different in there it's also well, it was a yeah what you're doing with the character right what are you doing with you know what i'm saying you're 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 completely changing it's like again it's like how many times were you except for maybe the marvel but how many times will you do a film and then you do part two part two is never as good as part one right very few times very rarely when you go into three and four when you go into three and four you're losing money at this point right because right Right. very few movies have actually succeeded you're you're looking to sell it really quickly to a market right just to make just to make them a little bit of money on on the back end but definitely not on you know like the, uh, the worst being the superman films the early on, the early ones with Christopher Reeves, the first Superman film, fantastic. I mm-hmm. love Christopher Reeves. The second one, I enjoyed it. You know, right. you had Khan, uh, uh, not Khan. Khan <laughs> was in Superman. Uh, what was his name? Um, <laughs> Zola. Uh, Zo, um, oh, you're talking about. Uh, what was his uh, name? The, a great the, character, man. Uh, the, the three? You're talking yeah, about? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, I forgot his name. Zogan or something like <laughs> Zola, I can't remember. But Zoltan. Anyway, Zoltan. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> Somebody knows that. Can you put that up, please? Tryptophan. <laughs> just making stuff up now. <laughs> Adderall. Prolia. Lithium. Lithium and Adderall. <laughs> I can't remember what thing it will. But anyway. Um, General Zod. 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 <laughs> Great film. Yes. And then three, four. I don't even know if they came up with a five. But just really that was yeah. just the. Now the Godfather one and two. Fantastic films. Both. Right. You know, so you can strike twice if you do it the right way and fast enough that people still remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course, the Tom Cruise thing is 36 years in the making, but um, that's different. That's Tom Cruise and that's a different thing. And that also had a really uplifting story as well. Right. You know, to Rachel's point, um, um, the Minions film that came out recently also was, did really well. Mm -hmm. Also has a, a good um, story. Let me, let's just look at some of the top films here. Because we're getting off track. I knew this was going to happen, George. I told you this was going to be one of our... John, how dare you even have an agenda How dare you get off track? Um, number one is Nope. Everybody's been looking forward to this film. Um, I think uh, this, you know, Keenan, I think is... Um, what's his name? Key? Um, Key and Peel? No, what's his name? No, Jordan Peel. <laughs> Jordan Peel. Um, fantastic. He's great. Um, Thor. Love, love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. <laughs> I mean, my wife said it was horrible. Yeah, I know. I, I heard it was it was pretty bad, but people were looking forward to it. And people like uh, the guy Chris. Um, he's pretty cool, actually. In real life, I've, yeah, seen, I've yeah. seen a lot of his stuff. He's really cool. Um, the Minions doing yeah. really well. Again, positive stuff. Uh, where the craw? What does that say? Where the crawdads sing. I can really see this. Actually, I'm sorry if anybody can't see it. Uh, Top Gun, Elvis, Paws of Fury. Is that the it's Chuck cartoon. Norris movie? <laughs> cartoon. Oh. Uh, the Black Phone. That has to do about the Blackberry, I think. That's <laughs> that's the history of the Blackberry. Jurassic uh, Jurassic World. I don't know what that's about. Miss <laughs> <laughs> um, Harris Goes to Paris. That rhymes, so that's probably how that film got made. Hey, Miss Harris Goes to Paris. That kind of rhymes. Let's have a film. Um, I don't know what that film is, but that seemed more interesting to me than anything else on there. Um, I like the Maverick. I like the Minions film. So the studios are putting out stuff and making a lot of money. You saw yeah. those numbers there, 200 million, 300 million, 600 million for Maverick. Um, but like I was saying before, the originality is still where things are struggling. So let's Correct. go, let's go quick, quickly because we're, we're, yep. uh, we're uh, 15 minutes left. It's our show. We can um, do whatever we want. That's true, right? We can, we can, this is our, this is our world. And we, by the way, if you're out there, we really appreciate you listening to, to us uh, chat and we appreciate the, the, you know, the comments, absolutely. Comments right. and, uh, and yeah, join the discussion and uh, join in and you can tell us to go home because I'm already <laughs> home and so is George. <laughs> But you can tell us, to, you know, anything, any uh, suggestions. So, all right, we want to do something real quickly called how it was, where it is, where it's going. These are all opinions, obviously. Um, and this is about the film industry, where it was or how it was. So in the 40s, movie studios would sign an artist to a contract. Now, there was MGM, there was Warner Brothers, there was Paramount, right? right. And uh, there was another one. There was smaller ones that were run by uh, Desi Lu, 
yeah. remember Desi Lu Productions. There was um, the one with uh, um, what's his name, Charlie Chaplin started. Mm -hmm. um, all these were uh, film companies, and they all put out these projects. But you would sign a person, and that actor or actress could not do any other film unless it was with your studio. Now, sometimes a studio would lend out someone. Like a good example is MGM had this Wizard of Oz movie they wanted to make, right? right. But they wanted Shirley Temple. Now, Shirley Temple was the biggest child star at the time. Right. But she was signed to another studio. I don't right. remember if it was a Paramount, I don't remember which one, but she was signed to another one. So they wanted to bring her over. They couldn't work out the deal. They got Judy Garland, who was already signed at MGM. Okay. And, of course, the rest is history, right? So this is what happened back in those days. Now, another thing that they did was when whenever you would sign an artist, that artist now became, went to school. They mm -hmm. learned dialect. Because remember the talkies, remember when the talkies came out, I think we talked about this with Rick, yeah. Rick Dugdale, the, the director, last show. Um, because the talkies were came in and then all these actors that were you know in the silent era their voices didn't match their face so if you right. had a guy who was like suave he's like maria te quiero mucho you know whatever it was <laughs> um and that was a that became a huge problem same thing with the women women's voices just didn't match what they looked like you know on the screen so a lot of these actors and actresses had to go to dialect classes they had to take dance they had to take acting classes. They had to take singing classes. Yes. You had to know how to sing, dance, mm -hmm. and act. Um, and sometimes they were right. Sometimes they were wrong. Um, an example is a story about Fred Astaire, right? You know, his mm -hmm. uh, his whole, when he got his report card, mm -hmm. right? His report card. And this is a story that film people are going to go like, yeah, we know that already. But if you're watching this and you know, don't know. But his report card was can't sing, can't act, can dance a little. A little bit, yeah. That's what it wrote. That's what they wrote for him, right? He obviously went on to become one of the biggest stars uh, ever. So this is how it was, you know? So these studios were competing with one another. Right. That's a good thing. Yes. It's a good thing. Why do you think when you go to a mall, you have JCPenney's right next to Macy's, right? Why do, why do when you go somewhere and you look at, and you go to a CVS, why across the street there's a Walgreens? If you look at all these places, they all line up next to each other. Why are there three banks, four banks next to each other? When you go to New York City and Manhattan, you'll see the corners. There's four banks. Why? Because competition is a good thing. So Nail salons. Studio, what was that? <laughs> nail salons. Right? <laughs> why do you have Maria's nail salon and Chiquitita's? No, but why, you know, all these yeah. nail salons? Yeah, that's true. You know, why are they close okay. to each other? Bodegas in the Bronx, remember? Uh -huh. uh, you go to or one Bogodas. Bronx. Yeah, you got like four. Yeah, or Bogodas. <laughs> in the Bronx, you got like four or five Bogodas next to each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, and that's what happens. <laughs> so, you know, um, competition is good. And these studios made a lot of money, you know, mm -hmm. and they paid their actors. But they only paid them based on their work that they did. Mm -hmm. It didn't take into account that somebody like Cary Grant was going to become so famous right. that he can demand whatever he wants. Judy right. Garland, right. Mickey Rooney, who at one time was the biggest star in the world, he's right. always saying, the biggest yeah. star in the world. <laughs> um, you know, and this became 
the 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 actors and the stars became more empowered right mm -hmm. that yes. kind of broke up things a little bit because now it's like well i don't want to work on this with you i want to go to mgm now i'm going to go to right. paramount and they couldn't hold them anymore the contracts and all that stuff fell apart so now you don't have that anymore right now right. the studios are kind of you know you don't get signed to a studio you get signed to an agent or a casting person or something right um so that's how it was do you have any anything to add no to no i i completely and it makes it makes sense and actually it's interesting that, <clears throat> that you say that because you can you can kind of relate that to all the entertainment industries or all the in industries that generate revenue sports is like that right that's the point the sports if that's you look the at the point. old sports stars it was the same type of deal right they, yeah. they they you know the old just look at baseball for example the old baseball guys used to play used to play ball and they actually had a regular job they didn't they have all these work. huge yeah. things blah 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 then what happened they became so huge that they got so empowered that they had to demand these contracts right that were you know huge and then it and was like Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sorry, but but let's but, talk why they got huge, right? Right. Because there was interest. Right. Well, yes. People went. People want well, to go see Cary Grant, yeah. and Humphrey Bogart. Well, exactly. It's the same thing. People want to see this sports star versus that sports star, and they, you know, they're putting butts in the seat. So obviously, their market value right. went up, right? It's the actor versus the baseball player. It's the same deal. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you had you had um dare I say the word diversity, <gasps> but you had diversity in those old films where there was a lot of typecasting, I guess you could say, and it's still probably I'm not probably I know it it still it still happens today, right. but you'll have like the leading man, right, which is Cary Grant. Yeah. Now people will look at Jimmy Stewart and say like, well, he wasn't really a leading man. Well, he was a leading man in a, a lot of films. He was. But he won his his only Academy Award was for supporting mm -hmm. uh, in in the Philadelphia Story nineteen thirty nine. Um, but you have to also understand that he was in the film with Cary Grant, so obviously right. he wasn't. You know, so there True. was the, then there was the the Marilyn Monroe, Catherine mm -hmm. Hepburn, right, right. Um, Audrey Hepburn, and you had these these beautiful beautiful star Rita Haywood, right. But then you also had Judy Garland. Right, Judy Garland wasn't the bombshell. She was a character actress. She was pretty. She mm -hmm. could sing. She could dance, and she can act. Right. So there was this, this idea where you can uh, um, have all these different diversities of performers in these films. Right? right. Whereas today, if you look at every single one of the Avengers, well, they're all like the most incredibly looking people that you can put in a room. Oh, just good-looking people, right? I mean, right. it's not that that you know maybe Rocket, you know, <laughs> he's just he's the uh, whatever you call. Him. Um, yeah. So I mean, uh, I I think that 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 was the way that it was set up was so it can work within that system mm -hmm. because remember they were broken up. They were they, so they needed we need a leading man. We need a leading. Right. We need a leading blonde man we need a leading blonde female we need a leading we need a funny short guy we need a funny good looking tall guy there's your danny k yeah. there's your you know what i mean um um i can't remember his name but did all these guys you know what i mean so the studios had to do that kind of a casting right so that's the way it was mm -hmm. in the 40s and the 50s and then sort of around the 60s and I think it probably started breaking up with, with Elvis mm -hmm. 
You know, Elvis became such a powerhouse in yeah. film, even though he wasn't like known for his acting. If you look at his first three films, um, Jailhouse Rock and Love Me Tender, were really good films. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're really mm -hmm. good films. He actually did a really good job in those films. Mm -hmm. um, he was just as good as as anybody at, at that point. You know what I mean? Of course, later on, they're like, oh, you got to have you sing a song. Uh, right, you're right. a dishwasher who sings. You're a mechanic who sings. You're this. That. And then that kind of. But but that star power that he had during those 50s films kind of like shook things up a little bit in the studios. And Sinatra, like, too. People and like Sinatra. Sinatra. Oh, yes. God, yeah. Sinatra, of course, you know, and, and yeah, you can uh, do we could do a whole show on Sinatra mm -hmm. and his impact in uh, in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we should do that one day. So we're, I'm looking at the time, but then I'm thinking it's just you and hi, George. So let's just have a conversation. If people are here, they're here. Yeah. Why not? We appreciate you guys hanging out. Really, this is a, this is a, a conversation that George and I think that uh, moving forward, we're going to be doing these um, and really trying to dissect some of the things that we're passionate about. You know, um, and music is one of them. Obviously, film, health, and nutrition. These are all things that we really want to break down and just get your viewpoints on it. And if you have any viewpoints on this after the fact or now live, please just let us know. We'd love Absolutely. to hear it. So that's how it was, how it is now, right? We're going to go to what mm -hmm. is, you know, where it's at right now. Um, where do you think it is right now? Yeah. Throw it to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's again, it's, it's not like that. <laughs> right. No, I mean, the, I, you know, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even say it's just so the, the, the star, the actor, the actress, to me, has the ultimate power in everything. But, you know, and the other thing is this. One of the things that you said was, like, back then, they had to, and, and this is one of the things that I, I really respect about those times, is that you said that they had to study. They had, they had, to. They had to study. They had to know how they to do They were basically going, being signed to a contract, almost like a university. Exactly. They had to be, they, you know, and if they didn't have that, they had to learn how to do this, okay? Obviously. You go to tap, you go to ballet. Right. I have, oh, I have tap at 9 a.m. I have a, it was, that was, you, you were basically in school, but you were signed, yeah. you know, performer. Yeah. Which I now think it, is great. What? I think it's a great idea, you know. I, I mean, do, I, I, especially if you run the studio properly and you respect them and you're paying accordingly. You know what I mean? I think it's it's, it's a cool thing. Well, yeah, but now you don't you you don't need any of that now. No, you can have the face and the name, and you're done. Basically, that's yeah. You know, <laughs> the the reason I think also that that system wouldn't work today is because greed. Too much money involved. Yeah. Too much what? Too much money involved. Oh, I, don't know. I thought you said too much binny bop. It was like, <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> There's too much binny bop in the world. <laughs> How are you going to get that with so much binny bop going around? Um, so, with, with so much greed, you know, you want to get the most out of someone for, for the least for amount. The least amount of, yeah. You know what I mean? And yes. unfortunately, this is something that just humanity is just. People just fall into this trap. And I think it has to do with the fact that some of these companies, I don't even know, but they're publicly traded companies, you know, like mm -hmm. Disney is and Netflix and all these guys. They, they're stock companies. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, how does anyone 
make more money if you buy a stock this year from next year. Right. You have to sell more of the stuff, yeah. yes. whatever it is, whether yes. it be drugs, right? The pharmaceutical companies, whether it be the food industry, whether it be the the film industry, the music industry. Well, you have to sell more of that stuff. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So I think what's happened is that it's gone. We've lost sight of structure and structure in their small film studios that are doing much better work than the large studios, but they don't have as much money. Right. Right. So I'll give you an example. It's like Woody Allen films, right? Woody Allen for the 50 years that he's been making films takes no, um, they pay him the money. Mm -hmm. He goes, makes a film, mm -hmm. he delivers it. Right. No one says change this. No one says, I want you to cast this actor for your next film. No one can get, tell him anything. And he's been doing that for 50 years because right. his first film was um, What's a Pussycat, which mm -hmm. he wrote. Right. And they came in and destroyed it. And he vowed never to make a movie again. Right. So when they came back, they said, well, what do you need for you to make a movie? He said, put $2 million in a paper bag, hand it to me, and I will hand you a film. And they were like, fine. And that's what they did from day one. you know. And so he makes films. The actors in his films don't make what yeah, like a lot. Right, right. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, these actors, they'll make scale. Yeah. You know, scale is what a union person would make at the highest level. So if you get like an Alec Baldwin, right. who's been on, 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 in his films, you get a Di DiCaprio who's been in a lot of his films, uh, Johansson, who got, even though Johansson is like the highest paid person actor in the, on the planet. And she's great. And I love her. I love her. I love her a lot. Um, still, she gets scale. Isn't Spike Lee similar to that? Um, Spike, or at Lee least is, maybe early on. Early on, I think. But Spike Lee is is. I love Spike Lee. He does his film. Nobody right. messes with Spike Lee's films. Right. I don't know how the pay structure works, and I don't know about what happens in that part. But Spike Lee can can do whatever Spike Lee wants to do because he's True. so good. You know, True. I mean, so is a. You know, I mean, these guys are just great at what they do, and. You know, when you have smart people above that that say, well, I'm going to invest in a Woody Allen film, I'm going to invest in a in a Spike Lee film, it's almost like a no-brainer. Well, yeah, of course you're going to do that. You're going you're gonna to make your money back. Exactly. You're not going to make $100 million back. You know, if you, like, if you're in, nobody, nobody who in, who's investing in, like, Marvel, you know, like, <laughs> like somebody coming up to you goes, listen, I got an idea. <laughs> Thor. <laughs> For the love, love of all that money in the world, you know, or or Thor goes to Vegas, you know, um, and somebody's gonna be like, "Hey, that is something that I want to invest in." Listen, Nobody's somebody do that. Listen, somebody said Jason takes Manhattan and put Jason Friday the Thirteenth in Manhattan. Like, somebody that, that thought was about a real, that. that was a real film. Wasn't that was it? a film. Yeah, that was a real film. Yeah, I've I've never seen any of those films. But was that a Friday the Thirteenth? Yes. I always get Jason and Mike Myers confused. Yeah, Michael Myers. Yeah, he no. Michael yeah, he Myers. was he was in the middle of Times Square, like walking around with a hockey mask. The thing is that I've been in Manhattan and I've seen that numerous times growing up. <laughs> that's there. just normal. That's just never, Saturday night in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, it was just like it was, you know, it was Thursday afternoon. Um, but yeah, no, but I I agree with you. You, I mean. The way it is now, yeah, and you're you're right. At the end of the day, the way it is now is it's your. But at the end of the day, again, 
the greed has permeated every industry. Yeah, that's that's what I'm also that I was getting to that where it's not just there, it's also whatever <laughs> this is like the, the the sad part is whatever you know, whatever a group of men find out, and I say men, and I'm sorry that I said men. If any women are offended and you're corrupted, I apologize. But whenever you get a lot of group of people. men people together, um, I don't know why they want to be involved in that group. <laughs> um, you would get the idea, you know, it's not even like it's man is basically good. They want to do good work. They want to, but the problem lies in the fact that there's pressures from the outside. This is why these jobs in these, in these big corporations, they lose so much sight of things because there's so much pressure in making money. Yes. Their job relies on making money. Yes. So they're going to cut corners. They're going to find a way to kind of get a little bit of uh, publicity even. You know, yeah. like, okay, I need you to go out and get into a bar fight. Not a right. real one. We're right. going to send the guy over, and, and then we, then he's going to go over and cover it. He's right. going to get some pictures of you bloodied, and right. then we're going to put it on the news. Then when the film comes out, it'll be huge. You think that hasn't been done? Of course. Of course it's been done. You know what yes. I mean? Because it gets people in the seat. People are like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? This whole Johnny Depp thing, he's getting like, I heard, I don't know if it's, if it's already a signed deal, but I, I heard like $300 million to the next couple more um, um, pirate movies. You know what I mean? Which I think is great. I like those movies. You know, they're entertaining. You know what I mean? Um, where else can we go in? Man, we have so much more to, to cover here. I'm willing to just go on and do a little a little more if you are. Let's, let's do it. Let's All right. So it. here, welcome to the second half of Counterparts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's going to be and, like a Joe Rogan podcast, like three yeah. hours. And this is uh, Counterparts. We're talking uh, moving pictures. Um, I think it's important that we talk about this next thing because I, it, it's something that concerns me as a writer. And I did a film... A short film. I've done short films called Stabbed. I don't know if you've ever seen Stabbed. Have you ever seen Stabbed? I'm gonna no, send I, don't it to I, you. I don't think I saw that one. I'm going to send it to you. Yes. So it was a short film. And I can't give away the ending, but the, the ending was something that I took a risk on. Was that I thought, hmm, I wonder if this is, you know, very mild in today's, uh, with today's, uh, what are ideologies or viewpoints or whatever you want to call them. But the way the world thinks today movies should be is that everything needs to please everyone. Yes. Everyone needs to be happy. Let me just say one thing here for the record, George, and this is something you can cut out and share if you'd like. Don't ever label me Latinx. Don't ever put an X behind what I am. I'm a Puerto Rican man born and raised in the South Bronx, struggled, worked my way out of there, managed to, to have a wife and kids and make some money and make films and music and all that stuff. I'm not going to be brought down to a simple X because to please anyone. Now, that may be a little bit, but the reason I say that is because in film, everyone has to be satisfied. 
So now I heard an interview with someone with this new film coming out, the, uh, um, the Black Panther, Wakanda's Revenge or Wakanda's something, um, the For the Love of Wakanda, whatever it's called. <laughs> but, you know, and I heard someone talk about that, you know, that the film is going to really open up the Latinx community. And it just, I was like, man, you had such a great film with Black Panther. Black Panther was a great film, you know, and we lo- we tragically lost, uh, um, um, what was his name? Um, oh, um, uh, Chadwick. Chadwick, yeah. Yeah, and it was just tragic, you know. Um, the guy, you know, great actor, great at that gig, and he kind of understood the importance of what he what he was. Right. You know, and I feel that this just watching that one interview and I don't know how the film is. It may be fine. And, and I apologize if anybody's offended. No, I'm not apologizing. Actually, I'm sorry. I don't know why I apologize. You see, but you see, see, see what I'm saying? Why? Why did I just go there? <laughs> That's John Henry Soto at hotmail.com. <laughs> if you want to write, you know, <laughs> at AOL. <laughs> no, um, you know. <clears throat> But here's the thing, like I just said something that I really believe in. Why do I have to apologize for that? You know, and I don't have to apologize for it, but it's because this culture has been I again, everyone, this is the second half of our show. It takes a turn. This is the, the <laughs> if you manage to stick around this long. But you know, you 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 but one thing you hit and and because it's not only film, television is the same way. Oh okay. Yeah. If you look at these shows, they're trying to please everybody. Everybody's got, you know. They have to hit the certain topics. Certain people have to be in there. It has to be that way, whether it's relevant or not. It has to be done. Why? Because you get what was it that happened? To, what was it? West Side Story, I think it was the one that got criticized, right? Yep. Didn't they get criticized because they didn't have a certain, they didn't have certain people certain in there, right? right? In or there, yeah. they didn't. They certain people weren't represented in that. People in are that forgetting movie. that the original original ones had they uh, were, <laughs> Natalie Wood, who was not. not Latin or Latinx. Yeah, she wasn't even Latin at all. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, and it's... Rita Moreno, everyone, Puerto Rican. Exactly. But it's this this thing, and it goes back to the same thing, kind of what you talked about before. It goes to the pressure, right? The pressure. pressure, But now the pressure is coming from a different direction. Instead of the top, it's coming from the societal pressure, the, you know, whatever you want, because you have to do... What? Small fraction. Yeah, small fraction, but it's still a fraction that they are completely afraid of. Correct. Because they make noise. They make noise. Right. They make noise. But, you know, I don't even know how much noise they make. I mean, I, you know, I well, think that there's. All right. Let's let's break away from this for a second, because this is a much deeper topic that we're going into. Right. Let's we're, we're talking about films here. Right. And 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 television and TV shows and right. It's, it, it's relevant to the direction. It is, it is relevant. And this is what I'm going to say is relevant. But. We look at people like Mel Brooks. We look at people like uh, Norman Lear. Um, we look at writers like um, I can't think of um, his name now, but we look at writers that pushed the envelope, you know. And mm-hmm. and this is, it's been going on for a very long time, right? right? You know, this is not Oscar Wilde was pushing the envelope. Uh, Plato, if you if you ever read. Play, you know, the, the the old Greek philosopher Plato, you'd be shocked. Yes. At what he says. Yes. You'd be shocked if you read the Bible. 
Right. The Bible has shocking things in there. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that you can really, um, you know, say like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Should it exist? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it should exist. It's a, it's, it's tragic that you look at something like Blazing Saddles, Mel Brooks, and today would not be able to show its face anywhere. Right. And, you know, because it would be, it would just not, it would not happen. Basically. Of course it not. Just, it would just not happen. But and the whole pre the whole premise of when you go back to Plato, Socrates, all these guys, the whole point of their of their whole dynamic was the differences in opinion. It was it, it was them questioning each other. Right, right. And it was the exploration of humanity. Exactly. It was the questioning of everything. Right. It was also pushing the the envelope. Yes. To see what people will bring back. Yes. Give me something back that's going to challenge me. Yes. Don't make me look at something going, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's so great. They're all they're all equal. They're all right there. They're not. No. They're not. You know, I mean, people say, well, we're all equal. Well, we're and I, I talked about this earlier on. A, I, I wrote a blog earlier today and I did a, a video on the blog. We are not equal in many things. We're equal in human rights. We all have, right? God-given human rights to breathe, to eat, to walk, to to create, to expand the family unit. All those things were given to us by God, and that we are equal in that respect. I am a short man. I like basketball. I cannot play basketball professionally. I'm not equal to someone who's tall and can play basketball, even if our skill level is the same. And George, we grew up together. You knew I, I could play basketball, right? For a little guy, I was a decent basketball player. Could I get to the NBA? No, I knew I was not going to get to the NBA. First of all, I didn't, really, didn't want to get to the NBA, but I knew that there was no possibility to get right. to the NBA. You know what I mean? So there's physical stuff, physical things that are we are not equal on, right? Okay, that's fine. Education-wise, you know, are we equal? Are we all equal education-wise? Are we? Uh, it's impossible. No. We can't. No. You know. First of all, I didn't like school, so that right there takes me out of the out of the mix. Right. Um. So this whole thing of equality is doesn't really exist. It, it you know it, it it everyone is different. Everyone brings something beautiful to the table. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it interesting is the fact that we are different. Right. But when you force Correct. the difference, that's unnatural. Right. That is an unnatural thing. When you force it, you say, we need to have this because we need to have that because diversity is this and because of that. Those, those arguments are not good enough to make any project successful and history has shown that because there's been so many failures of so many of these projects that have been forced you know they force feed you uh, a narrative that you have to either like and if you don't like it then you are wrong and you're bashed and you're called names and all that stuff and it's really damaging our our whole lives here i mean what happened to the 60s when these guys were protesting you know, we're, we were we were fighting against big government, and you know, every, you know, in the '60s. Uh, I mean, I was, you and I were too young to to be '60s people, but 
I love the music from there. And you look at Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and you look at Bob Dylan and Neil Young and all these guys that were fighting mm -hmm. all these oppressive uh, oppression, right? Real oppression, right. you know, the kind of oppression that Martin Luther King was fighting, right? You know, that's real oppression. You know, fighting a film because they don't have a Latin X. It's not oppressive. It's not oppressive, especially when it's coming from somebody who's on their laptop who wants to bash capitalism and is drinking a six dollar Starbucks. <laughs> but the but the point is that even in film, I see it. Okay, like when I look at a film and I see, okay, this person has was represented. This person's in there. I know why they're in there. They're not. <laughs> it's so you know, obvious. Too. It's so obvious. It's not it's like so it, you know. It's like it's so different than. Gene Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry in the 60s, go back to Star Trek, right? He included everyone in there. He was he was an all-inclusive guy before all-inclusive was even a thing. And he was pushing for that because he thought that, that was a different reason. It, it was because it wasn't allowed. It wasn't allowed. And what did he do? He pushed, he, he, he punched through that wall and he said, No, I'm doing this. He took the I biggest want, risk of right, anyone in the 60s at that time. To be a black woman. Exactly. exactly. I want the science officer to be a Vulcan. Not only that, even before that, in the first pilot, the number one was a woman. That's right. That's Who right. did that? That's right. Who did that? You know what I'm saying? And we're, looking See, at, we're talking about the 60s. And we're, we're talking about the 60s, you know. But now when you look at it, you look at it it's because I have to put the person in. I have to represent this. I have to. And you and you just see it and you're like, yeah, you know where this is going. You know, right. I could. We, my, matter of fact, my wife and I watch these certain television shows and we can see it coming. Yeah. And it's like we look at each other and we know already. You know, yeah, we know where this is going. We know yeah. who's going to be in there. We know which two are going to match up. We know. It's, yeah. it's already yeah. there. And it's not to say that that's not a thing. You know I mean? it's right, of course it is, it's but a it's thing. Like, but it, 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 from being at my age and our age, we've seen enough films right. and enough TV shows to know when it's being forced. Right. And when it just, and it's a natural thing. Exactly. I'll give you an example is All in the Family, one of the greatest shows of all time. Oh my right? God, I love that show. How much racism <laughs> was on that show? Yes. Right? It was blatant, right? Yes. And not just from Archie Bunker. Right. George yeah. Jefferson was a racist. Right. Right? right. He was yes, a racist. He was. Yes, he was. He, he, clearly. And then you had, you know, you had the soft, the the, the very, very, very liberal um, Mike. Mike, yeah. You know, who Mike, really, I remember the scene with Lamont when Mike was trying to tell Lamont about his people and how they were being oppressed. Right, and right. Lamont's like, yeah, oh, so you know how it's like. Yeah. <laughs> like. You know what it's like. And he's like, no, I don't know what it's like. He goes, oh, so you're fighting for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and that was such a pivotal moment in that series because it kind of shows that, like, listen, man, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, uh, Jesse Jackson, you know, you can go back to, you know, Dinkins, who did a lot of right. great things, you know, things right. for um, Jackie Robinson, Jesse Owens, I mean, Muhammad Ali. I mean, there have been a lot of people to actually break that barrier. And that barrier is weak. It's, it's as weak as it's ever been now. But it gets strengthened by this whole by this whole thing. Why don't we just make films? You know what I mean? Like, I casted, uh, somebody brought this up to me. I casted somebody. And he was, you know, he was, he was, a, he was black. I didn't, 
it literally, George, I swear to you that it did not, it, it didn't come into play as to why I wanted him. He was a guy I met on a film set. He was good. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm writing something. Would you, you want to be in it? He was like, yeah. I At the time when I asked him, I didn't even know what I was writing. I just knew I wanted him in something. Right. I went and I wrote something and he was in it and we shot it and, I'm, and it's all done, right? There was no, okay, now I have to have this in here because I right. have to make a, you know what I mean? I didn't right. think about that. So I just want to, it to be clear that when that decision gets made, it's very obvious and you're not doing anything that's right. groundbreaking. I'm exactly. sorry. No, it's just very obvious. And it's actually, you know what? It's kind of boring. I, I agree. Kind of I boring. Agree. You know, and it, and it just hasn't been, you know, um, it just hasn't worked. So um, being offended is the last thing I'm going to talk about today. Unless, George, unless you have something else. Um, being offended in film, being offended on TV shows, being offended with music, being offended with statements, being offended politically, whatever it is now, is being canceled at grand scale. I don't know if you've been on the Internet lately. But if you've been offended, there's a chance that there's somebody giving you the middle finger and telling you, too bad. Right. Everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are now actually coming out and saying, if you're offended, you might not want to be here, hmm. including Netflix, Netflix, right? As employees, we support the principle that Netflix offers a diversity of stories, even if we find some titles counter to our own personal values. Depending on your role, you may need to work on titles you perceive to be harmful. If you find it hard, I can't remember the rest, but if you find it hard to be here, Netflix may not be the place that's for true. you. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not going to work somewhere where I just don't feel that I, that I believe in their values. Right. right? I'm not going to go there and force myself to be in there and be like, hey, you guys got to do it my way. No, I'm just going to not work there. Right. I'm going to leave because I don't want to, right. I don't want to be part of that. You know what I mean? But this whole idea of, uh, I, I have to have, I can never be offended. It's arrogant and it needs to go away and it is going away. And I'm happy to say that even some of these platforms have been a little bit, not much, but a little bit more lenient on the fact that you can say things because a lot of things, are, you know, you and I, George, we talk off camera, obviously. We talk a lot about stuff that's coming out that's been mm -hmm. publicized, um, mainstream media stuff that's huge right now that's that's ma massive, you know what I mean? Right. Um, it's all, a lot of stuff is coming out. And those that were fighting it kind of have to eat crow, you know. Now, it's not nice to rub it in their face and say, I told you so or whatever. But at the same time, it's sort of like, you can't be offended anymore. No, you know you can't be offended if somebody says I disagree with that because you think that you're right because you may not be right. Exactly. And again, this goes back to well, this goes to a couple of things, a couple of points: personal responsibility, personal choice. Again, going back to the Norman Lears of the world, the Mel Brooks's of the world. Okay, when All in the Family was on, first of all, Norman Lear, the whole point of Archie Bunker was making a point. About um, how racism was about terrible. how racism is, and yeah. he was making a point and about how it makes no sense. Exactly, that's the point of of all in the family. But it also now, made some other points about how it goes both ways. Correct, that, correct. That to me and was he, the most fascinating thing about 
the show. Yeah. Now you can't look, you know, so of course the person's going to go back to that and, you know, the, the offended person's going to go back to that. Just look at it at the face value without digging deep into what the actual message was and say, oh, you can't, purposes, we right? have to cancel all in the family. You got to get rid of all that stuff. Okay. Right. But I'm the surprised point, they haven't yet. I know. I'm surprised. I'm the, not only Mel Brooks, George Carlin and, and Norman Lear stuff. Yeah. Because all three and, and of those. The, I mean, let's go Eddie Murphy. Let's go um, Richard Pryor. Right. Let's go Freddie Prince. But the problem is, again, in this day and age, the idea of personal choice and personal responsibility for your for what you are consuming was, or for a while anyway, went out the window. Instead of you saying, you know, if you don't like it, you change the channel. Change the channel. If you didn't like what Howard Stern was changing, you're, you're saying you change the channel. Right. If you didn't right. like all in the family, you change the channel. You didn't, you know, if it offended you, okay, well then you go somewhere else. There's right. there's there's so many other places you can go, especially now with the internet and all this stuff, right? right? But it's that personal responsibility that people need to take. Yeah, you know? and Howard Stern is a good example because Howard Stern is one of these guys that was fired a lot of times for right. for stuff because of offending people. Exactly. But at the end of the day, you know, and I, I, you know, sorry to say, but Howard won. Yeah. Howard won. He's been yep. on the air for for whatever forty something years now. Yep. Yep. Um, he's still going strong, not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and I think that that's one of the the uh, uh, examples that people can look at although i don't follow his his stuff now and i don't believe a lot of the stuff that he currently uh go i actually I, I never really followed howard that much because of the uh the sex stuff you know like right, he was right. very into the porn stars and into all this stuff and i was not really into that because i just didn't i didn't find it entertaining he i found entertaining because he was funny he was funny you know, yeah. he was funny that part of it was just more like shock value whatever which I didn't think it was that it was that good, but he does he have the right if he has an audience to do that? Absolutely, sure, absolutely. You know mm -hmm. what? The, the the frustrating part is that everyone has a right to communicate, of course. whether of you course. like him or not. Of you course, know? absolutely. And it's like what Richie Gervais says. You know, like how arrogant is someone to think that they can go their whole lives without ever being offended? Hey, how arrogant that. are you that, that you think you have the right? To go your whole life without being offended. I mean, who are you? Where did that come from? It's got to be something that that's been uh, indoctrinated into the into younger people because right. those are the most. You don't see people our age like protesting. Yeah. It's usually you know uh, younger people. But um, I think our show took a different turn. <laughs> <laughs> Started out. We started <laughs> off just about with, the, it, with this whole agenda, and John agenda just threw it out the window. Um, but I was but good. I, I think it was funny because when I started, I, I did think about a lot of these things, and um, and I said if I had the opportunity to say it, I am going to say things. This isn't, you know, uh, this isn't a, a a knock on anyone's values or what anyone thinks. You know, this is to say that you have to allow others to be. That's all. Yeah. You have to allow others to be. Yes. And if I write a film with just tall white men, <laughs> that's my film. If I write a film with, actually, I wrote a film called Nelson's Women. It's one man, five women. 
Now, are men going to be protesting that I only had five women? How dare them? Or can I even call them women? You know what I mean? Um, so there's a lot, you know what I mean? There's a lot of things that people are going to do that, unfortunately, you're going to have to learn. I'm talking to, if you're watching this, you're going to have to learn how to stomach it, change the channel. Because everyone still loves you. Nobody hates you. But you do have to let others be. Let others create their own destiny. And let adults make their decisions on whether they agree or disagree. Right. Social media shouldn't make the judgment on whether somebody agrees or disagrees. They shouldn't protect us. You know, we're not, we, we've made it this far on this planet through wars and through famine and through diseases and through, you know, all the stuff that has happened throughout, throughout our lives. You know what I mean? Uh, cop rock. Remember cop rock? Um, <laughs> we've been through a lot, you know, and we've survived. We don't need the platforms to protect us. You know what I mean? We're, we're fine. Let things fall. People can make their own decisions. If they go, oh, that's dumb. I don't like that. Change it. That's it. And that's where I'm going to end my, my, my film rant. Our film rant. We kind of went off into, I think, important topics. But um, yes. this is the longest show we've ever done, everyone. I think. Is it an hour? No, we might, we might have done one this long before. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe in the Star Trek time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that it's it's um, a much better platform to be able to talk a little bit longer, you know, to do a, a to say one day, you know, we're going to do a two hour show tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You guys want to come in, it's two hours. So there's gonna be a lot. You can come in, leave, come back later. And yep. we'll still be there on this topic and stuff, you know. So all right, folks, I want to thank everybody for tuning into this episode. Um, this was a long one. If you if you're still here, God bless you. By the way, if you're still here, email me at johnhenrysoto at protonmail.com. Now, it has to be within the next one hour because a year from now, people will still be messaging me. <laughs> so today is July 26, 2022, and the time is 8.30 p.m. Central, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. If you email me within the next one hour, if you're still here, I will. I'm going to send you a twenty-five dollar. <laughs> I'm going to send you a twenty-five dollar gift certificate for an Amazon thing. If you're Can still email here, you? Oh. you have one hour from right this second, from eight thirty p.m. to uh, uh, Eastern Standard Time, uh, nine thirty Eastern Standard Time. If you're on the East Coast. Um. $25 right now. I'm curious. Like I'm curious that. to see. You have one hour. One hour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I want to thank everybody. Uh, take care of yourselves. We'll see you all next week. Uh, we will be back live again next week, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time for George Batista, John Henry Soto, and all of us here at Counterparts. Take care. And as always, peace. peace.